This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a Premier League lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in, you Reds? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards, points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Your favourite band's about to play a sold-out show. You got in... Over here! With a friend. And found a spot close enough to see the set list. They're definitely playing your song. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. The Vibe Yeah, she's 
Red's Report on The Vibe. Sponsored by Opium, the number one indie bar in Barnsley. Well, the station was officially launched just over an hour ago, and we are uh, happy to report that we are the first live show on The Vibe Barnsley. Ladies and gentlemen, and especially Barnsley fans, it's a very warm welcome to this afternoon's Red's Report. The voice of South Yorkshire and North Derbyshire. BBC Radio Field. Odijay trying to get the better of Risa using good body strength in towards Howard down he goes and Barnsley claiming a penalty there and Martin Atkinson not giving it big big decision right at the end of the game in added time Odijay goes up for it away by Carragher Howard's there once more still it's Howard still going
Well, it was another brilliant away day in Hampshire as the uh, the shares were spoiled. Nil-nil between Portsmouth and Barnsley on Saturday. Kyle, myself and special guest Adam Oxley will be uh, talking over the, uh, the draw at Portsmouth. The lack of goals. Are we missing more? And what we're going to do against Southend? Much more. Music. Barnsley FC on the first live show on The Vibe. You're listening to The Reds Report. Live at five from the studios in Old Mill Lane. My name is Kyle van der Watering. In the studio today we have Kyle Walker. Not that one. Kyle, how are we doing? Not bad, you. Yeah, very good. And we have um, a guest probably best known for his uh, presenting and match commentary on BBC Radio Sheffield. But if you listened and uh, followed Twitter lately, he's also the person that did a naked podcast not long ago. And, uh, well, we're hoping to find out more about that. But stay dressed at the same time. It's a very warm welcome to Adam Oxley. Adam, how are we doing? Evening. Good, thank you very much. Welcome to the vibe. Yeah, great. Exciting day for everyone. Really exciting. It is. We had canapes, we had orange juice, we've got balloons, and we've got the first live show. And we proper build this up thinking, ah, you know, Portsmouth away. We're going to talk about all five goals. (laughs) Nil, nil. Kyle, you first. You were there, I were there. What, from your point of view, how, how would you summarise the match? Cancelled each other out for me. Uh, two good sides. Obviously, Portsmouth weren't in best run of form going into the game, but it was just one of them games where we both cancelled each other out. And you get them sort of games, and you can't expect to win every one. And in the end, I think it was a fair result. Adam, um, probably Barnsley, the form team at the moment. Pompey will have learned lessons from the, the, the home match that they had sorry, when they played Southend and 3-0 up. They looked a bit like Burton, just out of frustration and stopped Barnsley playing, didn't they? Yeah, it, it was an all-action game, really. And, and I think the thing for me was, neither team properly settled. Because it was so high-octane, there was so much high energy, Barnsley and Portsmouth couldn't get their, their, you know, their ball players on the ball enough. And so players that we've seen recently for Barnsley you know setting the world alight scoring some goals McGeehan Mowat just didn't quite get the ball on enough but it made for a br- it was one of those weird nil-nil games that you come away thinking it was a brilliant game yeah. yet th- there wasn't any goals yeah it was it was a, a, a good game of football to watch frustrating at times um, I just want to quickly go over some of the players that especially on social media rightly or wrongly because I don't take part in that get a lot of stick the first one is Dimitri Cavari Dimitri Cavari as a personal opinion has played really well, settled down, you know, a solid defender. I think the whole back four, absolutely solid. Makes a silly mistake outside the box, gets penalised, it's a penalty. Luckily, Davo saved it. Um, cries from the Barnsley end. Uh, why is he playing Cavari? Adam, besides Barnsley, you watch all the South Yorkshire clubs on a sort of like a rotor kind of basis. Dimitri Cavari, am I right in saying he's a really good League One defender? Uh, yes, he is. He's improved as a player. Um, and th- the question mark I've always had over Mamadou Tiam and Dimitri Cavari is that they seem to have there's an error in them and I think the longer the season's gone on this year the less I've thought that I, I think their consistency has improved I thought Cavalier at Gillingham 
was excellent. I thought it was absolutely excellent. And again, he had a good game at Portsmouth. Um, as you alluded to there, having seen it back, it, it looked close. It looked on the line. Um, if it had been in the box, it was definitely a penalty. Yeah. It was. It was. A, it was a bad tackle. It was a rash tackle. Yeah. But that's all it is. And everybody's allowed to make mistakes. The island. I, I do that on a regular basis. Work to be fair. If my boss is listening, I will get better, Andy. Um, <laughs> I took my son to the match and he had my son's 23 he hasn't been for a while because of work and other reasons and he said I watched all these players last year but they didn't play like that um, and he said ah oh, mind you we were in the championship weren't we and everything how much do we have to put out you go to press conferences you spoke Daniel Stendhal nobody had heard of him when we appointed him everybody's going on Wikipedia to say who is this bloke um, we have a pre-season that went you know reasonably well we brought Kenny Dougal in and Kenny scored on his, on his debut at home against Hull First match of the season in the league, 4-0. Oxford, suddenly we're world beaters and we're going to go unbeaten all, all season and we're going to set the world on fire. Those players like Kavari, those players like Amamaru TM, Alex Mowat, who obviously was on a season-long loan. How much do you feel is down to that man management and, and, and that sort of unity that, that Stendhal talks about and wants amongst his, his players? Well, well, he's clearly got players to, to buy into him as a person and the way he wants to do it. Um, the, the pressing style that he's, he's introduced, it took a while, a little while, for people to, to properly get into it. And I mean when I say people, fans... Uh, players, everybody, because it was a different way of doing things, and we all wondered are they going to run out of steam as the season goes on, yeah. it certainly doesn't appear that way, and he's got a real air about him, a real persona, so when you interview him after the game you know, he, he'll be uh, high-fiving with, with the club staff um, he, he's very pleasant with you he's very personable, he clearly cares a lot, anybody who's watched him by the touchline, he's kicking every ball he's heading every <laughs> ball, he's probably getting in the frustrations with, with other people uh, the last home game, um, I'm trying to scratch my brain to think who the opposition manager but, was. Uh, Nigel Clough, the Burton one on, on the Tuesday no, no, night. The one before, the one before was Wickham, wasn't it? Yeah, Gareth Aidsworth. Gareth Aidsworth, yeah. Uh, those two had. I, I, when you watch them on either side of the pitch, it was brilliant. It was like theatre. They were, <laughs> they were having a go at each other, in each other's face, and at the end of the game, they shook hands and walked away. And. That's the way it should be. And, uh, it is, isn't it? That's how it should be. There was, I suppose, quite a worry amongst Barnsley fans when uh, Andreas Winkler then left for Huddersfield because it, it seemed that within his management team there were defined roles with Stendhal being very much the tactician and formation. Winkler had sort of like that, almost like a coaching role where obviously his English was better as well. And, and, and um, is it Christian Stern yep. there? Um, the appointment of Dale Tong, I think, came to a, quite a surprise, the short term appointment of Dale Tong, but he really settled in and, and found his role there, hasn't he? I've, I've seen the press conference with Dale, he, he talks really well. Do you think, was it important to, to put somebody in that, that, that's got a real connection with the club because obviously he's played for him and he was a coach with him before? Is that, you know, because everybody expected another German coach, didn't they? Yeah, well, they, they do and we wait to see whether that will happen next year. We don't know. Um, it's to the end of the season. Um, I think one of the things that Barnsley have done really well from both a playing perspective and from a coaching perspective is to get people through the club um, to promote from within to give people an opportunity so sort of with you know Mark Byrne a few few years ago yeah. and a few others that have got their opportunity and Dale's another one of those you know he's been he's been around the club he, he clearly loves the club clearly enjoys what he's doing and, and getting involved and it's a brilliant opportunity for him and it, for, that's one of the things that for me Barnsley have always done really well 
Myself and Carl were talking before we went on air that the football this season, particularly as a fan, because that's what you go for. You know, you go to Oakwell and even to away matches, thinking we can get something from this because there is that air of confidence around the team. You go in a different capacity to do these matches. You've got a job to do. You've got to commentate, but you do have conversations with Standall and club staff. There seems to be an air of unity that hasn't been in this team in this in this club. Maybe the second half of the season that we did the double at Wembley when we suddenly had that rise from Christmas to sort of April May time. Is it fair to say that the appointment from Stendhal and and the, the the I suppose the idea of the club of that DNA of what they want and that has to be throughout, doesn't it? They want young energetic, ambitious players, they want the CEO to reflect that, you know, the people in the office as well. There seems to be a real air of unity and optimism around Barnsley Football Club. Is that something that, that you feel or see when you do your press conferences or on match days as well? Definitely. It, within every football club, winning helps that. And by and large, Barnsley have had a very good season and have won a lot of games. So that will always help that. So last season when which was more of a struggle... Yeah. And, and, and you're losing games and you're playing that week in it, it's easy to sort of try and look at unity and, and what not but I think because Barnsley have got a clear identity on the kind of players that they want to bring in um, you know getting some of the youngsters in let's not forget Ben Williams has been exceptional this year Jacob Brown Jacob yeah. Brown these players have got people weren't talking about them at the start of the season and were pretty sceptical when they first came in the team but they've both shown exactly what they want to do so there is a good air about it but I also think you have to temper that with um, the results help that yeah yeah. and, and it's it, it's easy to start to point to um, a lack of unity if, if things are going awry but with the way Daniel Stendhal is with the way Dale Tong is where the players are there does like you said there does appear to be a, a good togetherness <laughs> Do you notice that when you do the, the phoning, uh, either during the week or after a, a Saturday match day, that I know there is some, some Barnsley fans that regularly phone in, that people tend to phone in far more when results are not going right. I remember a time when Jose Moresh was a point, and you normally have that... That was a fun time. Yeah, because you, you, you wait for that turnaround, because normally you get that new manager syndrome, a new manager comes in, suddenly you start winning, and it just didn't happen, did it? We, we, we played Sheffield Wednesday, I believe, and I did we get a draw, and then Moresh took over. We played Bolton, which was a really important match, and I think we were 2-0 down at half-time, and all sorts happened behind the scenes. Um... Daniel Standall now coming in we, we've forgotten about that now haven't we we, we feel that that was an error we, we spoke to, to Paul Conway we spoke to the club who said that the whole recruitment that was a quick appointment because it was the end of a, a, a transfer period and um, obviously some players had left they brought Oli McBurney in and something had to be done and obviously they brought Moraes in as a um, a commentator, a journalist for the BBC when Barnsley play Portsmouth and, and you, you sat there at Fratton Park you, you're very much um, I suppose on the side neutrally appearing for Barnsley to do well in a couple of weeks we play Doncaster how hard a job is it to stay focused, because Carla and myself and, and when Chris is here, we do this show we're all about Barnsley, we're very pro club as in we're very positive, I think sometimes we have a bit of a moan when we feel we're entitled to one of course you do. but you know, how difficult is it for you to see two South Yorkshire teams playing as you probably will do in a couple of weeks on the, you know, the, the, the Friday night match to stay neutral, because surely, inside somewhere you know, it, it does make it a challenge because essentially, for us it's it's one times six, so we're, we're there to back the six clubs. 
so we will go to a game and if one of our clubs scores obviously we'll get more excited and if the opposition score you'll you'll portray it as, as a, a negative and a frustration um, but the good thing about my role and, and our role at, at Radio Sheffield is we, we just try and call the game as objectively as yeah. we possibly can yeah. and I think that's where we have the edge over say some of the, the club um, commentaries that go out in the in a way there's that ability to try and find the positivity in everything because it's going out on behalf of the club our role really is to call a spade a spade yeah. so if when Barnsley play Doncaster yes it will be an interesting one because you've always got to have in the back of your mind that your your audience shouting, you're yeah. shouting for both teams yeah. essentially yeah. Um, it, it's a win-win lose-lose <laughs> scenario whatever happens um, but for us it's it's the games you really look forward to, you know. That when there's the, you get the banter on the phone-ins, there's all the anticipation, there's the build-up. They're the games that you want to win. So whether it's Rotherham Wednesday, Rotherham Sheffield United, Barnsley Doncaster, yeah. we've got the the Steel City derby coming up on Monday. Yeah. They're just they are the games that you want to see. They're the games that you want to be involved in as a player. They're the games you want to see as a fan, and from my perspective as well they're the games you want to commentate on because then you know that they matter they yeah. matter to everybody so yeah it will be interesting you do have to be careful particularly when you've got two summarisers yeah. one for each club and making sure everything's balanced and fair keeping it yeah yeah, yeah. and, and trying <laughs> but it, it does make it hard work but essentially you're calling the game so yeah. you, you'll go and you call the game and, and you'll be as fair and objective as you can be just to close this segment off Kyle uh, a quick word about Adam Davies come on for a lot of stick people saying I don't know where we got another goalkeeper other people saying he's not being pushed enough then he makes a save from a penalty and I thought the first half save where he sort of came out and, and blocked the shot you look at the, the the clean sheets we've had you looked at how many goals we've conceded this season this is probably one of the best back five if you take the keeper in the back four Adam Davis, to you worth a contract because obviously his contract's up there is rumours that you know he's not yet signing anything would you re-sign Adam Davies? Oh yeah, definitely. He has come in for a lot of stick there, especially for the Oxford game when it were both mixed up with defender and goalkeeper. Um, but like you say, on Saturday he had a, a fantastic performance, and I think the stat is we've conceded 28 goals all season, which which is a good stat going for us. You know, last season it's totally different from last season. We're winning games. We feel like we're going into games and we can win it, which is good to have. Um, we could go a cup full calendar year unbeaten at Oakwell which is another incentive for us to just keep going um, just a small matter of that Sunderland match that <laughs> caps that year <laughs> up isn't it, <laughs> it yeah. Adam does he uh, Adam does Adam Davies appear more of a leader on the pitch I, I find him especially at home because you go to Portsmouth there's 90 minutes of singing I didn't have a voice when I got back to my daughters you go to Oakwell unless there's a goal the atmosphere is a bit flat and I think that's yeah. about the record we're trying to maintain people easily get on somebody's back but you can hear Adam Davies, he seems more of a leader and far more at ease. Do you think that steady back forward in front of him has helped him come on and be more yeah, confident definitely. and a leader? It, it always helps, but he he's, he's a guy in his mid-twenties, let's remember. He's not a 35-year-old seasoned pro. No. The way that Barnsley have it, and, and with so many young players, you forget that at times. And he's obviously still been doing some learning as well. There are areas of his game where he's less strong than potentially other keepers but as, as Carl's just alluded to you look at his record you look at the amount of goals he's conceded you look at um, how, how well he's done and how many clean sheets for me I, I'd be looking at, at, at keeping him on and I think it'd be one of those that fans if he goes 
will then look back and think, oh, I wish we'd have kept him. Yeah, I you wish ne- we'd have kept him. You never know what you've got until it's gone, is Correct. it? Correct. Right. Coming up later in part two, we're talking Naked Podcast, and we talk about some of Adam's favourite Barnsley FC moments. Five. Sponsored by Opium, the number one indie bar in Barnsley.
The Reds Report on The Vibe. Sponsored by Opium, the number one indie bar in Barnsley. Homegrown alligator, see you later. Gotta hit the road, gotta hit the road. The sun ain't changing the atmosphere, architecture unfamiliar. I could get used to this. Time flies by in the yellow and green. Stick around and you'll see what I mean. There's a mountain top that I'm dreaming of. If you need me, you know where I'll be. I'll be riding shotgun underneath the hot sun, feeling like a someone. I'll be riding shotgun underneath the hot sun, feeling like a someone. South of the equator, navigator, gotta hit the road, gotta hit the road. Deep sea diving round the clock, bikini bottoms, lager toes. I could get used to this. Time flies by in the yellow and green. Stick around and you'll see what I mean. There's a mountain top that I'm dreaming of. If you need me, you know where I'll be. I'll be riding shotgun underneath the hot sun, feeling like a someone. I'll be riding shotgun underneath the hot sun, feeling like a someone. We got two in the front, two in the back, sailing along. See what I mean There's a mountain top That I'm dreaming of If you need me You know where I'll be I'll be riding shotgun Underneath the hot sun Feeling like a someone I'll be riding shotgun Underneath the hot sun Feeling like a someone I'll be riding shotgun Report on the vibe, sponsored by Opium, the number one indie bar in Barnsley. And you're back on the Reds Report Wednesday afternoon, live at five from the studios at Old Mill Lane. In the studio, we've got uh, Adam Oxley from BBC Radio Sheffield. Before we start talking naked podcasts, um, let's let's talk about. Um, you're obviously full time now. I am, um, yes, as of last September, which is uh, still sinking in. 
Bit of a dream job. It, so. I wanna say, how did you get into commentating? Because you had a previous career with South Yorkshire Police. So how, how did you come? Because that seems to be a not a weird combination, but it's not like you worked for a newspaper or... Yeah, if you do the backstory, then it makes a little bit more sense. So I always wanted to get into sports and sports journalism. So ended up picking my GCSEs and my A-levels as much around that as I possibly could. Um, I did the journalism degree, the University of Sheffield. And all the while in the background, through sixth form and through my university degree, I worked at Hallam FM, volunteering right. for the sports team for four years. So didn't really have a paid job, but did that for four years. Got my first commentary, well, first reporting job there. Did a game for them. And then when I, finished, I graduated in 2005, um, two weeks after that, became an admin temp at South Yorkshire Police, just for a bit of work. Yeah, something to do. Something to do, yeah. <laughs> two weeks after that, I got a call from Seth Bennett, the Radio Sheffield, yeah. who says to me, I've been in touch with the university, we, we were wanting somebody to come and help us behind the scenes, and I asked them who, who they'd recommend, because I'd banged on about sport for three years, they said, oh, give Adam a call, see if he wants to do it. So, Seth rang me up, and I was like, yeah. So I jumped ship from Hallam after four years there, yeah. uh, which was phenomenal experience. You know, volunteering, get whatever experience you can because it always helps out. Yeah, um, I'm sure I'm preaching to the, the converted here. <laughs> We're all looking at Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely, no, but it's the, exactly the right thing to do. Um, and then, yeah, spent a year in the studios um, reading texts and bulletins and emails and clipping goals and stuff like that. Did a few games for Radio Sheffield and then thankfully did okay. They gave yeah. me the Doncaster job, two years at that. And then I got switched to Barnsley, nine years at that, and we, we suddenly get in there. But all the while, up to last September, I got this uh, nine-to-five job at South Yorkshire Police, which, after two years in admin, um, I then got a communications officer role. Right. So, more aligned to my degree and what I wanted to do. And that just has given me some phenomenal experience in PR and communications and internal communications and working with a big organisation that um, I'm really grateful for. Yeah. Looking back then, when you were purely did the Barnsley ones on sort of like a freelance yeah. basis, some of your highlights that you've um, you've experienced. I mean, I know there's been periods where it probably weren't heady, but there's also been some really good times over that yeah, period. Yeah, well, I mean, the first sort of five or six years that I followed Barnsley as the the main Barnsley FC reporter were fighting against relegation towards the bottom end of the Championship. That sounds like Austin, <laughs> <laughs> which was um, which was tough because. Uh, it's difficult. You're better to be a yo-yo team because at least you get these periods where you're winning some football. When you spend four or five years not winning many games, yeah. it's hard to watch, and it certainly was. But some people, I mean, Mark Robbins came in and did a great job for a couple of years, but he recognised that in order to take Barnsley onto the next level, it was going to need another boost of finances, yeah. and the club didn't have that. So, my well, the, the best memories is similar to what everybody else is I was there at, at Wembley for the uh, the playoff final win yeah um, I was pitch side that day so I got to be on the pitch at the end um, with all the players when they'd won and it was brilliant apart from Marley Watkins swearing live on Radio <laughs> I, Sheffield yeah, I remember that <laughs> um, that wasn't a great moment um, but it's always the risky run with live yeah. radio and at the end no, no offence was caused really but I had to uh, quickly move on from Marley and move to somebody else but to do something like that was re it, 
you know, to experience that day from that perspective yeah. was amazing. I think for anybody that went to Wembley, I mean, I went to the Johnston Payne Trophy final because I was in Holland with the football. Um, for I the, was for in America on holiday for that. I would have been pitch side for that as well, but I picked that time to go. And, and I actually, I tried to watch it. I tried to find a pub in Chicago <laughs> and I couldn't find one. So my um, Johnson's Paint Final experience with Barnsley was watching live updates on the BBC website. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I, see, I saw it retrospectively, of course, but that was a frustration because I, I'd actually done the Fleetwood game. Right, I yeah. Did, I, I, led the, I did the commentary. It was one of the first times that I'd done a bit of presenting for Radio Sheffield. Right. So I did the whole evening from Highbury. And obviously did the penalty shootout when Adam Hamill scores. And, and then Lee Johnson, was it? In and it was literally two days later. Yeah. Lee Johnson, I think he already knew he was going. Yeah. So what an incredible week that was. But that, that night and then the playoff final and that six months was, yeah, probably the... The highlight so far. Yeah, definitely. Similar, I organise a, a, a weekend in Holland playing football with the over 40s and I looked at the calendar and it was Christmas and I thought we're safe to go that weekend. Absolutely no problem. <laughs> we ended up watching it at a football club in Holland. Um, we obviously, like we say, we know you through the BBC, your commentary, uh, football having the phone in and then I was going through Twitter uh, the other day and I came across a naked podcast. Now, first I thought it's a new thing. I had a word with Chris. He wasn't up for it. But there was a, <laughs> there was a serious message attached to this podcast, wasn't it? Just just tell us how, how that came about. I will do, yes. Uh, we're currently, I say we, as in BBC Radio Sheffield, are currently on the second series of The Naked Podcast. And uh, two of the um, journalists at Radio Sheffield, Kat Harborn and Jenny Ells, started this last year to talk about... Uh, women's bodies and talking about uh, issue you know body confidence body issues all the different various aspects of it and it went down that well that they've they've won several awards for it it's got some great exposure and it's got people talking um so when i started full-time last september um there was a bit of a get together in the pub um, as you do as you do a few weeks later and i just got chatting with cat and they were starting to put together ideas for series two and i just said something along the lines of oh I'd, I'd, I'd be, I'm open to anything from a mental health perspective because yeah. I've had some time off with anxiety yeah. um, so I had two spells off work when I was at South Yorkshire Police it's very you know life can get on top of you at times and it certainly it certainly did for me a few times so I've always said since then if there's any opportunity that I've got to do something positive I'd take it and little did I know that that co- in the, within that conversation, I just signed up myself to do um, the first ever men's episode of the Naked Podcast. Because at the same time, John McClure from Reverend and the Makers had spoke to Cat and Jen, right? Yeah, and he said he'd be up for doing something around sort of uh, anorexia and and he do something around his body and, and just to have a conversation, and thus. In January we recorded it and it came out last week. And it is really important, isn't it? Because it's only, I'm looking at it, was it a couple of weeks ago there were rumours about an ex-Barnsley player suffering with some mental health problems and the slogan of it's okay not to be okay. It, it, it was almost in danger of becoming a hashtag that didn't mean anything. And I suppose with your role and exposure to, to people on social media and everywhere else, and your own experience, there's probably no better way than, than, than passing that message on, isn't it? Because it is important. I, I feel sorry for the youth of today with social media and everything. I always felt that Definitely. I've got... I had an easy life. I'm 47 now. I had an easy life growing up because if I didn't like, didn't like somebody, I didn't go out and hang around with him. I went to, to play football <laughs> yeah. on another street. You know what I mean? 
I see it with my daughter who's 15. I mean, social media and everything. You can't get away from... Um, is there going to be a part two? Or is it, was this a one-off? Or are you thinking of, of taking this, you know... Who knows? Um, I've already... We're exploring ideas now. Because it's obviously gone down well. We started a great conversation. Um, we, you know, to anyone who didn't know, we did the podcast absolutely naked. Um, the only thing I was wearing was a watch. The idea behind it is that you let go a little bit. Hmm. Once once you've actually in somebody's presence and you've got nothing on, there is nowhere else to go apart from having a chat. And that's that's why they wanted to do it. Because it, it opens you up. It pushes you a little bit into something that you, you might not feel is uh, entirely comfortable. And I, I can absolutely say that that yeah. was the case. But we just had a chat. And, and the thing that's really gone down well, I think, is the fact that it's just blokes chatting about bloke issues and blokes are rubbish at it. We are. We don't talk about it. You don't talk about it enough with your mates, let alone with people that aren't your mates. So to encourage people to do that, to say, look, it doesn't matter what your body is. Everybody's body's got some quirks. Everybody's mind's got some quirks. That's okay. And what you've just said about it's okay not to be okay as a statement, I'm very keen on that because it can just become words. Yeah. But it's... There are people out there, there are ways to do it, and it can happen to anyone. It happened to John, who's the lead singer of a band. It's happened to me. I I commentate and talk for a living. I want to say, to a lot of people, a singer of a band and a sports journalist, that's, that's some, some kids aspire to be They're that. I think roles. that's everything. And I think sometimes people don't realise the stress and everything. You know, if, if, if you're a communication expert at South Yorkshire Police, suddenly every word you say is listened to by thousands of yeah. people. Then they have an opportunity to ring you and to talk about either something you said. Then you have the whole social media thing where they can almost contact you and, and you know, we all know the keyboard Warriors. I suppose the EFL partnership with Mind has been yep. a great step. Yep. Um, we did a, a charity uh, not so long ago, wasn't it, with, with John Parkin for the um, Liam Jones Foundation, which again is to talk about mental health. We will, when I get home, I will uh, retweet the podcast. If you've got a chance to listen, really, really do listen because... Any podcast provider, just go there, search The Naked Podcast, you can subscribe to it. Yes, there's the men's special that we did, but all the other ones, they're a great listen, whether you're male, female, what have you, have a listen to them because there's just some amazing stories. So there's a, a para a, a para athlete that's uh, been on this series, and her her story was just off the chart. Yeah. How she'd had to deal with with losing her leg through cancer and um, taking all these opportunities. So yeah, it, there is some truly amazing stories. The Reds Report on The Vibe. Sponsored by Opium, the number one indie bar in Barnsley.
well as strong And use my head alongside my heart So tame my flesh And fix my eyes A tethered mind Freed from the lies The number one indie bar in Barnsley. And we're back again after a bit of Mumford and Sons. I will wait. So we talked about the Naked Podcast. We talked about your career through South Yorkshire Police and um, now, of course, the BBC. Uh, there is the small matter that while ever Barnsley are doing well, there is a huge, um, I suppose, expectation that, especially being in second at the moment, that you know we need to go up automatically. And the result at Burton and the result uh, against Portsmouth, you can already see on social media people saying um, we miss more. Other people saying we haven't got a plan B. People saying Woodrow's not as good as we thought. My, again, this is my personal opinion. I think Woodrow's one of the best strikers we've had for quite some time. I think you get more out of him when he's got a striker like Moore to sort of deflect and get everything else, but I think he's fantastic. I don't think we're missing more that much, because in the first two matches he was off, he scored a double, didn't he? Adam, you, you, you've, you've watched the Reds, you've seen him. I'm not saying he's not a miss, because of course he is. Are we, a bit, are we expecting too much from the Reds when we think that nil-nil away at Portsmouth is a bad result? Because I don't think it is myself. No, it's a good result. Nil-nil at Portsmouth is a, is a good result. Um, yes, it's frustrating. I think the fact that the Reds drew a blank against Burton amplifies yeah. it. And that, that's, that's why it is. And then, of course, it's only natural then to look at your star striker is out. And it sounds like he's going to be out for a little bit longer. Obviously, the, the press conference is tomorrow morning. Yeah. So we'll find out, hopefully... I'm sure you'll more. ask the question for yeah, this. Yeah, <laughs> it'll, it'll be the first question that I'll be asking. Don't you worry. Um, because I, I was under the impression that once he'd done the two weeks, which is the concussion protocol, yeah. that he'd be back for the South End game. 
it doesn't sound like that's the case. Now, what do you do? Um, it'll be interesting now, because obviously he's gone with Mike Bearer yeah. behind Corley Woodrow, which is fine. I think Bearer, when he's got a bit of time to play, like in the Wickham game, looks uh, looks really good. When it was at um, Portsmouth, and he didn't have as much time to play, he didn't get into the game. No, he didn't. Do you now put Jacob Brown or Mamadou Tiam in a more advanced role and bring Ryan Hedges into the midfield and put him on one of the wings? That is potentially something I'd be looking at. But Corley Woodrow and one of those three players are more than good enough to win you a game without Kiefer Moore. Yeah. Um, a lot of people saying, where's Jordan Green? We, we saw a cameo against, was it Rochdale at home? I always look at Kyle because he knows everything. <laughs> was it Rochdale at home when he came down sort of like the West Stand and slid and fantastic tackle? That's how you make yourself a legend, don't you, Barnsley FC fans? People saying he seems to be on the bench, but he's not really playing. Um... I was speaking to a fan at Portsmouth who said he's not a fan of playing Jacob Brown up front because Jacob Brown, in his sort of new role as a sort of uh, right side uh, of the midfield, doing fantastic. And um, he said, we need to leave the defence in the midfield as it is because that's working brilliantly. We just need somebody up there with him. Their reaction was, Bearer is, it, it's a little bit hot and cold depending on the opposition. If he gets time to play, there's flashes of brilliance at times and then flashes that you, you almost forget that he, that, that, you know, that, that he plays. Um... Has ever everything? Sorry, has ever anything been said about Jordan Green? Because he seems to be on the bench, but not really getting any minutes. Or is, is that just because you think the team are playing well? Has that ever been mentioned? Has Standall ever said anything? Because when we first saw him, we thought he reminded me of Jamal Campbell Rice, small, fast, sort of like an explosion of pace and, and, and skill down the side, but not really seen anything yet. Do you think that could be a solution, or will be maybe saying that, Kyle? Do you, are you in favour of, of maybe seeing a Jordan Green starting, um, and maybe in front, instead of a TM and, and pushing TM in the bearer role? It's one of them that you've got to look at uh, both sides. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing we've been talking about a plan B, maybe bringing him on if it's not quite working. Um, I, I can't remember we brought on at half-time uh, against Portsmouth if we did. We did bring someone on in second half. And Jordan Green were on the bench, and I expected him to see him come on. Um, so, yeah, like we said, I, I'd probably back, back him as a plan B to come on if it's not quite working with, you know, if Jacob Brown's been frustrated or Mike Bearer, like you've said, I think he could be that plan B. Have you, you've looked into the opposition on Saturday, haven't you? Because obviously we're on Sky, it's an early kickoff um, at Southend. Um, some injuries to contend with. Um, what we said Are these players expected back Because I know there were about Six or seven first team players That were out the last few weeks Are some of them expected back Did you say that Some of them have played For the under 23s today Yeah three Three of their main players That have been I think Harry Bunn's part of that Have played 60 minutes For under 23 So they could be in contention For, for Saturday's game They've been very unfortunate With, with injuries this season um, Which has seen them fall Well they're alright to be honest They're not you know, mid-table. Yeah, they're not, inf- they're not yeah. fearing relegation or anything. Fantastic result against Portsmouth. Oh. You know, unbelievable. I mean, we. I think I was at uh, I was at Oakwell waiting for the the Wiccan game when that was on. Yeah, because I was and in the pub. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was on. Uh, it was on the TV, and it was gone. The game was gone, and they allowed them back in. So there's clearly something there. There's clearly something at Southend. There's clearly a bit of quality. Um, it will be a tough game. As we've been talking about all programme, there's that expectation now with Barnsley that into every game you're expecting them to win because they're in the top two, yeah. which is a good thing. And they seem to have lived with that expectation well this season. But after two draws, 
It's always one of them in South Yorkshire. We're quick to get on top of uh, whichever team it is. This yeah. isn't just a Barnsley thing. This could be any of our local teams, even North Derbyshire with Chesterfield. We're very quick to get on top of the team when a couple of results don't go. Yeah. Yeah, it, it it is weird, isn't it? You know, Davies out, saves a penalty, sign him on. <laughs> you know, you know, will not miss, will not miss more. Why have we not bought another striker? And in hindsight, that's always. And it's a very young squad to be to have to deal with all this expectation, Adam, isn't it? Because yeah, it's definitely. one of the younger squad in in League One. And people like Green, who have literally just stepped up from a lower division, it's going to take time, and. We've seen it with a few players. Victor Adebayejo, great example. Um, he came off the bench at the start of the season three and four, three or four times. It looked like a world beater. He got his opportunity to start and struggled yeah. and didn't find it. And suddenly, if you get a start, there's a lot more expectation. It's a lot harder to start a game than to come on into it. So easing Green in shortly. I, I'd like to see him get more minutes because he, he clearly looks like he's got some talent. Yeah. So it would be good to see him getting on. And if, if things aren't working at South End and Hedges and Green are on the bench, then get them on. Yeah. As a neutral then, uh, before I ask Kyle for his, uh, his, his score prediction, as, as a neutral, um, Barnsley go... Does it, uh, sorry, does a TV game, does it matter, do you think? An earlier kickoff, does that disturb? Is it, or is it just now? Just, it's a game it's, of football to 90 minutes. It disturbs minutes. us a lot. It well, disturbs yeah. fans <laughs> and everybody else going down for a, to South End for a 12.30 on a Saturday. I think that's quite ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the players they'll go down the night before they'll prepare they're fine they're professional athletes yeah and on an, on that note Barnsley again sold I think did I see over six seven hundred tickets it, it's a trip isn't it on Remarkable. a Saturday morning especially given the fact that you know it, it's on Sky you can go to but watch it at home or whatever so huge shout out again to the following because through thick and thin these last few seasons when we were fighting relegation when we had a manager that nobody understood what he was doing and I don't think himself <laughs> he did the away following has been absolutely phenomenal, you know. Um, Kyle, you first, and there's only three and a half minutes to go. <laughs> Tell me the score and who's going to score for Barnsley first. Unless you go with a nil-nil and then obviously <laughs> there's not much to say. Um, we said last week 2-1 uh, and Cam to score first, McGeehan. I'm going to stick with McGeehan to score first. I think he's due that goal. He's been looking really good recently. He weren't too far away from that goal at Portsmouth, to be honest. Yeah. Good effort. Um, I'm going to go 3-1, Cam to score first. Go on, lad, Adam. Tell us what you reckon. Uh, have, you, have you seen Southend play, by the way? Have you, have you come I'm trying to think, but I don't think I have this season. So right. it'll be interesting to see them play. But again, if, if Barnsley play to their potential and play as they have been doing, it, it shouldn't really matter who, who they play in the league. They've played the best teams. Yeah. Played you know, Luton away and Portsmouth away and more than competed, could have won both those games. Yeah. Um, for me, a narrow victory. Um, I'd probably go with um, a 2-1. I'll go 2-1 um, I just fancy that after the last couple of games there might be a few players that think okay we've got a little point to prove here Kiefer Moore's probably not going to be involved everybody's going to be looking at us thinking oh you're not going to do it so I'll, I'll go Mamadou I think I think Big Mama's going to gonna come up with come up with the goods and score first and he's been a revelation isn't it we, we said on air a few weeks ago Mamadou early in the season was a messy he was either really messy or he was a Lionel Messi of, of, of Barnsley <laughs> because it, it's a nice he, way of looking at it he, he don't do tap-ins does he when he scores they just he's still he still frustrates yeah there's still parts of his game that you just sit there and go what are you doing but 
he's just got better. Like I said, he's got more consistent as the year goes on. And he's frightening. He frightens defenders because he goes at them with pace. He's got strength, he's got pace, and he's got that little bit of something different. So, yeah, yeah I, I like what he's done this year. I certainly think he's improved. And the club did spend a bit on him. Yeah. Incidentally, I think that's when we got better at Portsmouth. I think it was at midway in the second half and Alex Moore got the ball at halfway line and just started driving because we were just passing all the time. Pass, 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 went wrong, went back. So, um, yeah, I, I have to stick to the 2-0 that I've been saying, I think, since we started doing this show in 1934. <laughs> <laughs> um, I still think Alex Mower is, you know, um, he's, he's not been for me at his best lately, but I think the opposition, because I think they figured out that actually if you stop Mowat and McGee and playing, then at times it, it's not going as slow. As, so I'll go for 2-0, but I think Woodrow might actually look back and say, you know, this, this is going to be my game. So the Reds are away at Roots Hall. Uh, 12.30 kickoff. if you're going. Uh, please enjoy. Uh, in the morning, we'll put our normal tweet out with uh, the forecast and your um, your score forecast and who you think will uh, will score for the Reds. We'll be back next week, live at 5 on the Vibe, for then the second week of live shows. And uh, this will be uploaded as a podcast later on this evening. Many thanks to Adam Oxley. Adam, absolutely fantastic. Thank you very much. And we'll retweet and just put the... Uh, the naked postcard back on and hopefully people will listen to it uh, Kyle I'll see you next week again I suppose yeah that's it yeah fantastic <laughs> he's on the day off you know every Wednesday and he just comes in here to help can't us out can't do enough can't do enough I like it in a few years you can invite me to your show on the BBC <laughs> alright <laughs> thanks for listening we'll be back next week you've been listening to The Reds Report The Reds Report on The Vibe sponsored by Opium the number one indie bar in Barnsley online on mobile and here Play the Vibe Barnsley. When the leaves start rustling, the pumpkins start plumping, and the scarecrows start crowing? You heed the call of fall, because you eat, sleep, and drink pumpkin at Dunkin'. So, take your pick of pumpkin with delicious muffins, munchkins, and donuts, and pair them with a classic pumpkin spice signature latte or the ultra-smooth pumpkin cream cold brew, topped with pumpkin cream cold foam. Also, you can fall harder. America runs on Dunkin'. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The TalkSport Fan Network. The ultimate on-demand destination for the UK's best fan-led football podcasts. Want barnstorming Barnsley insight, analysis, and opinion? Follow the Reds Report podcast on the TalkSport Fan Network. Unbeatable club-dedicated content created by the fans for the fans. Search TalkSport Fan Network.